So, I want to ask a different question. How many of you did, uh, was here in the Shabbaton? <coughs> How many of you? Oh, it's almost 50. Okay. No, we're not going to repeat anything. Uh, maybe two principles. So we have them to start. So, anyway, Shalom. Shalom. We want to get out of here changed. So I want to ask first, who's married here? Married. Who's single here? Everybody's single. What's going on? It's like 50-50. Okay, excellent. So what we will talk about will serve the married guys and the single ones. Because the married guys need to know how to rectify their home and build it, rebuild it. Because from what we know today, most of the families are pretty much destroyed. Sorry to tell you. And we're going we're gonna to learn why. And the single ones, they need to learn so they can build their house from the beginning, from starters, the right way. So let's start with a joke. And this joke has a great message. There was this woman, yeah, 50 years old. And she went to her grandmother's house to visit. And her grandmother asked her to go to the attic to look for something. A blanket that belonged to her grandfather, something like that. She went up the attic, and, <laughs> and she was searching there, and then suddenly she finds a lamp, an ancient, like, Aladdin lamp. Ooh, that looks good. Interesting, but it's so dirty. She started cleaning it, and suddenly, a huge green genie pops out and says, Hello, I will give you one wish. You know, I, I just want you to know, there's like three wishes genies. This was one, uh, one wish genie, okay? It's like different types. Uh, we can talk about it later. That's a one wish genie, but he's very nice genie. He tells her you can, you know, you can express yourself. You can say all the details in what you ask. I'm willing to hear, but one. Okay, she said, what do I need? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shlombite. Yeah. Marital peace, that's uh, what everybody needs. So, I can detail what I want you? Of course, yeah, well, of course. I said, okay, I want, you know what? I want my husband to love me more than anything in the world. I want him to love me like crazy. Like, like if he doesn't see me for one second, he goes berserk, he goes crazy. That's one. It's all in the same category, so she can ask. You know what else? I want him to, to feel that he can't be without me. Even to the washing room, he will want to take me with him. Okay. Yeah, and, and, when, and when he wakes up, the first thing he does is... Ah, you know. The first thing he does is to look at me. To kiss me. The first thing in the morning, look at me and kiss me. The genie said, accept it. And he turned her into an iPhone. That's a sad, sad joke. <laughs> guys, this guy is you, is me. Because even you say, no, I'm not addicted to iPhones and that. But there's a problem. In marriage, there's a problem. I told something in the Shabbaton. I will tell it again, so just to remind you. Uh, I told you about this, this young man that went on dating with a young lady. They were dating, and they walked in the street. And suddenly, this young lady 
she slipped over a banana. Shoo, boom. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, she flew in the air. And this guy was like, what? Who threw a banana in the middle of the street? Where are you, coward? Come here, come here, let's chill, come on. You make my, my, my woman fall in the street, come on. There was no one there. She was like, oh, oh, he's amazing. Okay, after, after a few months, they got married. And they passed in the same street corner. The same street corner. And you won't believe what happened. She slipped over a banana. Whoop, boom. And what the guy said? You don't have eyes. You don't see there's a banana here. What, you fall in the middle of the street every time the same? <laughs> it was the same street corner. It was the same woman. And probably the same banana. What changed? What changed? Her way of falling was also the same. And Something Marius. changed. What? And Marius. Ah, they got married. <laughs> so it's supposed to be better, no? Before, she didn't belong to him. She was like, there were two people meeting. She fell and he was like, come on, I'll do UFC with you. Yeah, MMA, you, where are you? And suddenly, after a few months, you don't have eyes. You're like, what, you're dumb? You don't see a banana? You, you step on it on purpose? You're crazy? He was supposed to, 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 to jump on her and take her in his, in her, in his arms and then tell her, I take you to medical care, what's wrong with you? No, he leaves her there and says, oh, get up, let's go. What's going on here? The marriage, instead of making things better, made it worse? Oh, so there's a big problem here. There's a big problem here. And we need to learn what is that problem and take it out of the equation for the married guys and for the guys that are about to get married and build their homes so, can they, so they can do it correctly. So before we start, there's a blessing to read something from the parasha because the parasha of the week has always a message that has to do with us. Something that is talking about now, right now. And we're in parasha Vayetze. The next Shabbat is Vayetze. And this will serve us also for motivation because you need to know something. If you will take what we teach here today, what laser later, what I teach now, and also the book, you heard about the book, The Garden of Peace, this is in Hebrew, this is in English. If you will take it to work in your life, everything will change for the best. Everything, it's guaranteed. It's not like hopefully it will happen, it will happen. We have millions of people that can testify it works, and it works. Because there are other techniques for Shalom Bayit that also work, but they work for a limited time. It's like when you have a headache and you take, I don't know what you take in the U.S., aspirin, how do you do? What? Advil. Advil? Ah, sounds like a town in Tennessee, there in the <laughs> south, right? <laughs> so you take Advil, yeah, and you don't have a headache. But did you cure yourself? No, it's drugs. You just feel better. But the cause of the headache is still there. You didn't fix anything. You're just lying to yourself that things are okay. The same is with alcohol and real drugs and everything. You're not fixing in the root of things. So other techniques, like a few that I might mention, they work for a day, two, two weeks, but then everything collapses and becomes worse become worse and you're saying, but I'm doing what I was told. I read that book, I heard that lecture, this psychologist. It doesn't work. Because the work we need to do, marriage is a spiritual thing. It's something very, very elevated. We understand that, so all our point of view changes. 
So before we start, I just want to give you some motivation so you will know that when a person starts to rectify his life, his marriage life, it doesn't matter, anything in life, so there's opposition. There's a negative spiritual power that doesn't want you to succeed because you take him all the fun and the job is doing. That is called Yetzirah, the evil inclination. There's a force that Hashem created him. It's not like in idolatry. There's like two guys fighting, the red one, you know, with, with, with his tail, and the other one like saying they're fighting. That's heresy. Yeah, it's like God against the devil. That's nonsense. There's only Hashem. And he created the evil inclination for our good. For our good. Why? So we have something to something that will challenge us to rectify ourselves. Because if it goes easy, what goes easy disappears easily. Come easy, go easy. There's like a you know in Hebrew. So we want to fix, we want to work. So listen something interesting. Yaakov Avinu. In this parasha, Parashat Vayetze, it's written like this. Because Yaakov is our patriarch, so he actually represents each and every one of us. Yaakov Avinu, his other name is Israel. Israel. We are his descendants, so Yaakov Avinu, whatever he went through life, we're going to have to go through it also. Because the sages say, What the sages been through, the patriarchs, we the sons will go through also. But we have the way, because they did it already. They paved the way, the way. So if you learn the Torah, you know how to deal with things. So let's see something very interesting. Parashat Vayetze says, Vayetze Yaakov, Yaakov went out Be'er Shava, the city Be'er Sheva. It's a city in the south Be'er Sheva. Okay? Yaakov went out of that city Be'er Sheva. Vayelech Harana. He went to a place called Haran. Okay? Okay. I have a question. Who cares? Sorry. The Torah. Shem Ishmot Torah. Torah Kedusha. Who cares where Yaakov was and where he went? <coughs> Yaakov was in Chicago and went to LA. Okay. What's the message here? You need to understand the Torah doesn't have one letter that is, you know, just spare. It's just, you know, for fun. One letter, one, one little tag is, is like a mark there. It's not for nothing. Everything is a message. One letter changes all the meaning of things. So entire sentence, Yaakov went out of a city and went to another city. Who cares? And later he says, he encountered a certain place and spent the night there because the sun has set and he took the stones of the place which he arranged around, the, around his head and lay down in that place. Okay, it's getting better, getting better, but we could have started like this. Yaakov was in a place and put the, the stones. Listen, amazing thing, Rabbi Nachman of Breslev, who is known like as the doctor of the souls. He saw the problems of our generation 200 years ago and gave us receipts. So he said like this, about this verse, and his great disciple Rabbi Nathan of Breslev explains, Vayetze Yaakov Be'er Sheva. There's amazing, amazing secrets in this first verse. When a person, Yaakov represents us, when a person goes out from a certain level, spiritual level, because he's growing, he's working on himself, 
What is the spiritual level? Be'er Sheva. Be'er is a well. Sheva is seven. Seven, Be'er Sheva. What, what is that exactly? Rabbi Nachman explains that every spiritual grade level that you are found in has seven floors, like a building. A building of seven floors. Okay? There's a building, seven floors. Excellent. When you reach a certain spiritual level, there's seven floors that you need to go from one floor to the other, to the next, until you get to the seventh floor, and then that disappears and you start a new building of seven floors. That's how you reach, you elevate yourself spiritually. Every spiritual level has seven floors. So you start from the down floor, yeah, and you go up and up and up, no elevator. So you, you have like seven, seven times that you create seven... Again? So, each, each time is seven times, right? Each time is seven times. So you time. have seven times. Yes, yes. Like each floor, each lever is seven, he has seven levels inside that level. Okay. Now listen good. When you now finishing a building, you build a spiritual... The ladies are there. You build a spiritual building of seven floors. Now you need to start a new level, a new spiritual level. It can be in anything. It can be accepting mitzvot in a certain way. It's, it can be anything spiritually. Inner peace. You're more concentrated. There's levels in concentration that you can reach. In everything in life, in spiritual work, there's levels. You start and it's really, you can reach levels that you can imagine. That's how the tzaddikim, the righteous one, they go to their spiritual levels. They went through all these buildings. So the Torah tells us that when you leave one level, the basic level you're born with, okay? There's seven floors there. When you finish that seven floors, you need to start a new building with seven floors. What happens there? When you get out of this building of Sheva, of seven floors, you need to feel great, right? You need to, you're elevated. No, listen what happens. Harana. Harana, Haran is a place. It's the name of a place, Haran. But it has a meaning. Haran is the word Haron, which in Hebrew is anger. It's war. When you leave the spiritual level you're at, immediately you're attacked by a force that makes you angry. You start a war. Why? Because this force doesn't want you to grow. It wants you to get scared and run away to the garbage you've been in before. That's all. And how many people started a spiritual journey, amazing spiritual journey, got frightened, had to deal with themselves, find out new things about themselves, and just ran right back, and is still there in the sewage where they were before. I don't want to deal with anything. Spiritual things, it needs to be fun, right? Of course, it's fun. But, you know, also in the Olympics, training to the Olympics, it's fun. For me, not. Like, uh, lifting weights, that's terrible. That's, that's Gehenom. That's why I'm lifting weights when I'm crazy. But for the people who do it, it's like, oh, it pumps their, them up. It's like, wow, they're feeling good. They're feeling trained. When you want to reach something in life, it takes work. It takes effort. So when you know that part of the way is that when you grow spiritually, there's, some, there's a force that's going to attack you. Don't get scared. Just put your head down 
Wait till it finish, wait till it over, and be focused on what you want to reach. We want to reach Shalom Bayit. We want to reach peace in the home. We want to reach a good relationship. Also the singles. So no, it's a work. We didn't come to this world just to smoke and to go to concerts. We came here to grow. We came here to live this world completely different. Completely different. And all we have, if we have the blessing, is 120 years. Hopefully. And you know things are not exactly like that. So we need to take advantage of the years we have. To grow and to live this world changed, better, perfected as much as we can. So I just want you to know that we're learning here amazing things. You will want to put it in practice. But you need to know, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be a force that will make you feel, no, no, it's useless, no, I don't want to. A, a guy heard the lecture. He says, now I'm going to be the perfect husband. He went home, he just opened the door. His wife was like a tiger, ready to attack. She destroyed him. And he said, no, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, he went to the pub, you know. <laughs> what? You didn't even start it. You just heard everything. You were so illuminated. You were going now to be the best husband. She screamed on you and you went back. You need to know that's part of the deal. Because you are tested. If you're serious, you really want to leave heaven in this earth? Because Shlom Bait, having a good relationship, is heaven on this planet. Is heaven. Heaven. And there's no hell in the world like not having peace, marital peace. You can do anything in life. You can be the most successful person. The most successful person. You have a good job, everybody respects you, but your wife is angry and screams on you and can't stand you. So you can do a nice show outside, but you're, you're eaten inside. You, 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 you can't really live if you don't have marital peace because, as we're going to see, the wife is a part of us. When we get married, that's a secret. It's not just, uh, you know, a contract, let's be together and uh, we won't cheat on each other and... Uh, no, that's not, you can go to, to a lawyer to do that. What is all this chupa and with a rabbi and on the brachot? It's a reunion of a separated soul. You are half a man when you're single, half. You are, you are cut, you are cut it off, you're, you're half a man. So when you do this ceremony, it's not a ceremony. It's, it's, it's a spiritual event that all the spiritual worlds are waiting for that because the perfection of your soul actually is perfecting the entire universe. Because there's another perfectionist in this world, so the entire universe is waiting. And that's why the sages says that when a couple is married, Another stone in the Beta Migdash is built. Beta Migdash represents perfection. When we have Beta Migdash, this world is going to be completely different, perfected. So when you get married, you are putting another stone in the temple. And when you don't have Shalom Bait, you're taking a stone out of the temple. And when you work on Shalom Bait, then you're putting back the stone. And you're rebuilding the temple, the holy temple in Jerusalem the third temple, the temple of the Geula. So, getting together, getting married is not just like, yeah, let's make a contract, so you won't run away with my car, and this and that, and... No, that's nonsense. 
<laughs> For that you don't need a rabbi, you don't need a chupa, you don't need, need talit, you don't need all the preparation, you don't need mikveh, you don't need anything. Just write it down, you know. It's nothing. So it's much deeper. So let's see what happens. When we know the secret that when we are going to grow, when a person starts working on this shalom bite, or is getting married, you know what happens? Haran. He receives the fire of the evil inclination that tries to destroy him. But if he's strong and he knows this is my mission, I'm going to have shalom bite. I'm going to do what's written here and what I heard. I know that's the way I'm going to reach it. I'm going to get married and apply what we're learning today. So, I'm focused, what happens? And he encountered himself in the place. What is the place? The Torah tells us, he reached the place. What is that place? Look Rashi. That place is Hara Moriah, Mount Moriah. What is Mount Moriah? Bet HaMikdash, the temple. Yaakov Avinu. He didn't get scared from, from the opposition. So he reached Bet HaMikdash, that level of holiness. And he put rocks around his head, and lie down there, and there's a dream. And in his dream, a ladder was set earthward, and it stopped reached heavenward. And behold, angels of God were ascending and descending on it. He created a bridge between earth and heaven. When you do the work you need to do, you're connecting your soul with this heavenly source, with Hashem Barak directly. And now the bridge is open. And now you can have blessings in your life. And we see a little bit more. Suddenly, what he sees, And behold, Hashem was standing over him. And he said, I am Hashem, God of Abraham, your father and God of Isaac. And the ground upon which you are lying, to you will I give it, and to all your descendants, all the blessings of you're now connected with Hashem. When you do the right job, the right work, spiritual work, you connect yourself to the source and everything's open up. So that's an encouragement for us. We're going to start working today and then I'm going back to Israel. Rablazer also. You continue your life. It's your choice. If you go with this way and triumph and have the best life in the world or you just Forget about it because you're in this news and Trump this did and this and that and you forget all about it and life goes on the same. It's your choice. So if you're here, you wasted your time to get here, maybe even paid money, I don't know how it works here, but you invested something, don't make it fly away. You invested, take it with you. Take it with you for tomorrow, the next day and to your entire life. So let's start working now. Can someone tell me, please, why we get married? Someone knows? I'm interested to Tell me in French. No, no. Anyway. What do you think? Well, why? You're still single. You want to get married. What? You want a partner? To be with our mazal. Again? To be with our mazal. Your mazal, what does it mean? Because other half. Your other half. So to be completed? Spiritual soulmate. Okay. Nice. We, are, we keep it in the bank. Let's, we'll get back to it. Excellent. It's the first commandment. The first commandment. Okay. Wait, which, the first commandment. Ah, okay. From Bereshit. Yeah. To, right? So the will of Hashem. We have this also. Great. Someone else? Children. Children. Having children. Next generations. Great. We have three answers. All for selfish. 
Selfish? <laughs> I like your answer because I'm going to help you today be very selfish, egoistic. Because we're going to learn that having Shalom Bayit and getting married, first of all, of everything, is for the best of us. Because today, modern days, we want to have peace. We have peace and have our little thing. So we're going to see that actually, for the ones here that are egoistic, and we all are, we need to know that the best investment in our lives is to marry and have Shalom Bayit. So we're going to touch that. Anyone else? Another answer? Avodat Midot. Oh, nice. Avodat Midot means to rectify yourself, to grow. So all of you said wonderful answers. But there's a higher answer that includes all of this. Right? This is the will of Hashem. That's what He wants. And if it's His will, so He knows what He's asking us. The first commandment, the first mitzvah in Bereshit is to marry. Guvu. Have children, like you said there. And you said to perfect yourself, complete yourself, your other half. And you said being selfish. It's all good. It's all good. You're right. You're very, very right. Chaim. You're very, very right. But there's something bigger than all of this. Than all of this. And it's very similar to what you say, because you already... You already know what we're talking about. Why do we get married? To have children, we don't need to get married, sorry to tell you. I know dogs and cats and monkeys, they all have children. I didn't see them under the chuppah. Uh, maybe a few monkeys, but only a few. Like, no, really. To have children, we, we, we're grown up. We don't need to get married for that, right? To have your soulmate, sure you can be boyfriend and girlfriend, maybe. Yeah. Let's hang together, go to the Alps, have, you know, go traveling together with our backpacks. That's wonderful, beautiful, right? Being selfish, I don't need to get married to be selfish. Actually, being selfish is better not to be married. <laughs> so, all the things you said, we can find another solution for it. But the real answer is already what I hinted, what I told you. Marriage is something completely different. It's the reunion of two halves of the soul. And it's something spiritual. It's not something ceremonic that it's like, yeah, yeah, we decided to live together and all of that. It's a single person and a married person that has Shalom Bayit, that has Shalom Bayit. They're two different creations, two different worlds. They might have the same face, the same clothing than before, but are two different entities. A single man and a married man with Shalom Bayit, listen what I'm saying all the time, with Shalom Bayit, because a married man without Shalom Bayit is the same as a single man. Because a single man is still not connected to his half-soul. He didn't meet her yet, or they didn't get married yet, so they hang out. That's not connection. That's connection. connection. The, the best connection there is maybe a connection of bodies, which is not a great mitzvah if you're not married. Yeah? But a married person is even worse than a single man. What do you say about that? A married person that ha doesn't have Shalom Bayit is in a worse situation spiritually than a man that is single. Why? Because Hashem connected your souls and you with your own hands or mouth 
disconnected yourself from your soul. So, who's in the worst position? The married guy that doesn't have Shalom Bait. But do you know if it's the right uh, soulmate? I mean, like... If it's what do you don't know? How do you know if, if she's the one? Oh, how do, what a great you question. Know, a question right? I have a question. Why did you marry her? Uh, because it was, uh, yeah, it was nice, she's nice, and I don't even want to be single, no problem. You were under a chupa? Yeah. The rabbi was there? Yeah. There was a cup of wine? They said brachot? Mm -hmm. That's your soulmate. Shalom uh, the first one? What? The first one. The first one, if you would have known what we're talking today, you would be still with her. But Hashem decided that you won't be. So she's not the, the soulmate. After Maaseh, after the things were done, we don't question what happened. We work only looking towards the future. Because if we, I tell you things about the past, you start eating yourself. That's not the way we work. Now you focus on your life. You have a new wife, that's your entire world. You don't think about the other one, what happened. But we want to talk from beginning. What's right? A person that got divorced and got married again. Okay, so that's what needed to be. But if you ask me what we do, we don't look, never, we don't look for the door, the back door of of divorce, never. We try everything in the world before we reach that door. And people easily today, they're like, if things don't work out, it's the door there. I'm going out. What's the problem? Divorce. Yeah, I'll be a little bit of lawyers and stuff. It's not comfortable, but yeah, I'll show her. We don't get so there married. There is a reason that most of people getting married is to have kids, right? No. I, what people do in the world? To have kids, to, to, to have a social status, I don't know. I, mean, I don't see couples that get married and not having kids. I mean, like, they can stay together. I mean, like, that's the main thing. Everybody, I mean, like... Kids are, are a bonus. Okay. Okay? We don't get married to have kids, because we don't need to get married to have kids. But you want to make it... Physically. Uh, no, you don't. We get married to become one soul. It's almost what you said. Now, the kids are a product of that love. But if we're not focused on what we need to do in our marriage, then you can have kids and they will be like Holocaust victims. Because they're living a living hell in their homes. You understand? So what, we better not more, bring them. What is more important, the kids or the wife? Or the husband? Okay, okay. So, let's go on. You will receive answers to everything. Okay, okay. so we don't get other... First I will answer the wife. <coughs> before anyone. Just know it. She was before the kids. Before my kids from... She's now your entire world. But let's focus and then you receive all your answers. Okay. Let's listen. Listen good. So we explain getting married is connecting two halves of one soul. Excellent. Now, you know there was these two guys sitting down in the park and one just got married and the other one was still single and he asked him, so how is it to, to be married? So we told them, I tell the truth, it's, it's, it's something different, completely different. He said, what? He said, before I was married, I was half a man. He says, and now? Oh, now there's nothing left. <laughs> All destruction. <laughs> but that is only because he doesn't know how to work. He doesn't have guardian of peace. He doesn't have the right guidance. A man without the right guidance, is a catastrophe. <laughs> think about, think about a, young, a young guy that goes in, onto a car, he never learned, all he played was video games. What's going to happen in the street? No, really. He's sure he knows. 
He played video games, I tell you, like really good video games. You think he can drive? Maybe they had a few, two minutes, minutes until when you were police and they well, what? ISIS attack, what happened? No, he destroyed the town. What, he's a bad person? He's an evil person? No, he didn't have guidance. No one taught him what he needs to do. So we are the same, we get married, it's automatic. Yeah, man and wife, I'm the man, I know what to do. Yeah, you know what to do, and then you come crying to the rabbi that you want to divorce for the tenth time, right? You don't know what to do if you don't have guidance. And the first thing you need to know, that in the moment you marry, this question doesn't exist anymore. Maybe, who knows if she's the one? She's the one, because if you were under the chuppah with her, now she's the one. The one and only, and that answers a great question. A great question in the creation. God, Hashem, created the entire universe, and all the animals, and trees, and plants, and men. How many animals did He create? How many bears? Someone know how many bears He created? Twelve? Forty? How many what? How many bears? Bears. One. One bear? I mean two. No? Two. No? Fourteen. Oh, better, better. Getting there? All of them. All of them? I don't know, thousands, millions. He created animals. Birds. Thousands, millions of birds. Bears, lions, tigers. I don't know what. Minions. Whatever. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> a minion is like a Bart Simpson with one eye, I always say that. It's weird. He created all the animals in the world, all the trees in the world. One man. What is this? Create millions of people. Millions of men, millions of women. No. Millions of bears, millions of tigers, millions of, of uh, I don't know what else. One man. And from him, one woman. What is that? And we say in the blessings of the chuppah, Sameach tesamach. We ask Hashem, please give joy. Reima uvim for these two young, this couple. Kesamechacha yetzircha beganeden mikedem. The same way you gave joy to your one creation in heaven, Adam and Eve. Please Hashem, rejoice, bring happiness to this couple, these two people that are united, just as you gave joy and happiness to your one creation, man and his wife. So we see one man and one wife. Why is that? To teach us something. In the moment you get married, there's no women in the world anymore. Only her. This question doesn't start. If I was under the chuppah, if Hashem unified our soul, then it's over. That's my soulmate. Now I need to start working, not to start thinking how I get away from this relationship. How I finish with this, how I run away from, from responsibility. If you live like that, it's over before it started. You understand? One man was created to teach us. She's the only one. That's also we need to work on watching, guarding our eyes, walking through the street and everything that's moving there. We try to not look at others. Why put images of other women in your head? You want to destroy your own life? I'm having fun, I want to go to the beach, and you know, wow, it's amazing, <laughs> Baywatch, Baywatch, Gehenom Watch, Baywatch, you want to see other women? So just know you will never be able, able to love your wife, never, and even if she's the number one model in the world, 
the most beautiful woman in, that was created ever, has everything you can imagine. If you look at other women less beautiful than her, you can't love her anymore. Because you damaged this soul connection and you separated yourself from her and now you're going to live a living hell because she's going to make your life miserable because she's feeling you cheating on her spiritually. The woman feels you don't know the woman. She has sensors. She has sensors. You come home from work and you bought her flowers and a little diamond ring and you say she's going to faint but on the way you watched like 12 women that was moving in an interesting way and you come with this flower and the ring and she slaps your face off and says it's because of the children were screaming all day it's not because of the children she doesn't even know to describe what hurts her she just feels pains and she squashes you squashes you and you say what a, what a crazy woman she's sick in her head she's a sicko she needs to be hospitalized all men think their wife are like mentally ill all the men think that. She's ill. I have proof. She starts screaming without reason. She, she starts throwing things at me. She's crazy. No, mister. You're the crazy guy that destroys his life, committing suicide day by day by watching things you don't need to watch and then you receive the punishment and you're like, she's the crazy one. You take responsibility on what you do. Because when Hashem united you and that's the biggest gift you can receive from Hashem, that He gives you your soulmate. He gives you your soulmate. He takes two halves and makes them one. And you with your own hands or eyes or mouth damage that, so you have no one to blame. No one to blame. You're the man. So you be strong. You guard your eyes. And you be focused. I have one wife. This is my wife. I was under the chuppah with her. We didn't go to a lawyer to make a contract. Hashem is himself connected us. Hashem himself connected us. Himself. He was there. He connected two parts of the soul. He separated before. So I don't even start thinking maybe she's not the one because she's annoying. If she's annoying, why you married her? She wasn't annoying before. Or maybe yes, but you married her. It means that now Yetzirah, even inclinations start partying there. Now it starts to destroy. You know, Rabbi Nachman of Breslev says something super interesting. He says the Yetzirah, the evil inclinations, puts all his efforts, you know, in what? In separating young couples. Separating young couples. Couples, we mean married couples, of course. Because if they're not married, the word couple doesn't apply. It's just a lie. The Yetzirah, the inclination, invests all these powers, all these techniques on what? Separating married couples. Why doesn't Rabbi Nachman say that he works on separating any kind of couple, all couples? You know why? Because he destroyed the old couples when they were young. He only invests his time on the young couples. Because if the building isn't good from the beginning, so being an old couple is just, you know, that's what we have. We, we, we live together, but we have no connection. He works on destroying the couples. Why? Because it's not, it's not a couple. It's a complete human being. Who was here in Shabbat, I told you, guys, that we read the Torah and we say man was created first and then the woman was created from where? The rib. Listen to what he says. He wasn't here in Shabbat. You're right. From the rib. Yeah, from the stack. From the rib. But I told you in Shabbat and that's what you said. That's why they say the side. I explained to them that Selah, in Hebrew, it means rib. 
but it also means side. And it's a great error that everybody is mistaken, and all, even the translations, not Jewish translated, translated as a rib. But it's not true. The word rib has two translations. Tzela, rib or side. Woman was attached to man in her back. It's like, like a mutant, okay? Like, they were back to back. Back to back, so the man looks there and the woman looks there. And they were like together like this. Hashem supposedly cut them, saw, saw them, yeah? And now he says, now from back to back I want you to be face to face. Like the Kerubim in Beta Mikdash, in the temple, where the Torah was, there was a golden case, and there was the Kerubim, two angels looking face to face. When there was peace between Am Israel and their father in heaven, Hashem, the Kerubims used to look one at the other. When there was no. sins and things that shouldn't be, transgressions, you go into the temple and see what's the relationship between God and Am Israel, and you will see their two faces back to back. So we see that only face to face, that's perfection, that's unity. Why did Hashem create this mutant, man-woman, and separated them? Just create one man and one woman? No. To teach us, you are one soul. You were even one body. You were one body. And now I separate you. Why? Why does Hashem does all this work? Just create two beings. No, you were one. Now I separate you and I want you to work on it to become one again. And they will be one flesh. They will rejoin. That's what the Torah said. They will leave their parents. They will leave their home. Men and women. And they will become one. That's our job. That's our work. No, we want her to serve us. We want her to cook for us. We want this and that. Yeah, we come with demands. We come with demands. So your house becomes a crazy, a coconut uh, place, and uh, you cry. And you start thinking on, on other women. And today it's not hard to look for other women. You have them in the palm of your hand. Thousands of women, all available. All available. You're destroying your life with your own hands. Because you don't know what we're talking now. And even if you know it, I know it. And I fail a lot of times, I'm honest. Because I forget. If you don't remind yourself daily, what's my mission? My wife is the only one. My wife is what I need in life. There's no other woman in the world. I need to work my entire life to connect with her completely, till perfection. If you don't remind that to yourself, you, you won't be able to enjoy life. You won't be able to enjoy a beer in a pub even. Because this will haunt you all the time. You know why? Because your soul is separated. Your half of your soul is suffering. I have a question. When, when I don't know, your foot hurts, your body is perfectly <coughs> healthy, but you have like a, something... Uh, like a cut in your head. What? Cut. A cut in your head, or uh, how do you call it? A cut. Uh, yeah. A spine stuck in your, your toe. Or a splinter. A splinter, <coughs> for example. Something. You can enjoy life. You, you're in the Caribbean, yeah? In the Caribbean, you're in the Pina Colada, having fun, and you have this... Thorn in, in, in your foot. You can enjoy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't relax, right? When half of your soul is suffering, can you have fun in life? Can you have success in business? No, nothing, nothing, nothing. Why am I failing? Why have problems of income? Do you have Shalom Bay? 
What has to do with that? I have problems with my client. Do you have Shalom Bay? I, I'm talking to you about business. You're talking to me about a woman? Yes. Half of your soul is blocked. So all your Shefa, all your abundance is not coming to you. Because you're blocked. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. And your health problems, the same. There's a very famous story about Rabbi Arya Levin. One of the tzaddikim of Jerusalem, the last generation, he went to the doctor. His wife's leg was hurting. They didn't know what it was from. And they went to the doctor, and the doctor asked, what's, what's wrong? So he said, Rabbi Arya Levin said, our wife's leg hurts us. It was natural. He said, hurts us. We're suffering from our wife's leg. Not because she was complaining to him, so he was suffering. No. He felt the pain of her leg, because she's part of him. It was automatic for him to say that, that the pain she has, he shares the same. He couldn't be relaxed because his wife's leg was hurting. That's a real tzaddik. Rav Shalom Arush told us a week before we came here. He gave a class on Shalom Bay. And he says he's going to rewrite this book. He's going to take this book that is amazing and he's going to add a certain point that he says people don't understand. He wants to add in every chapter a reminder. I'm going to do it anew. Until it will be, it'll take time, so read this one. But I'm going to tell you, so you don't need to even to have the, the new one when it will come out. That you need to know that the most important mission you have in life, if you're not married, to get married. And after you're married, to have Shalom Bayit. Shalom comes from the word Shlemut, with this perfection. We're not getting married to have fun. We're not getting married to, to have someone to cook for us or to, to, to I don't know, uh, clean the house or not even to have someone to chat and not to have physical fun. Because all these things I told you, it's reachable in other ways. You know, it's not a mitzvah, it might be forbidden, but it's possible. We get married to complete ourselves. That's why I said it's, it's kind of selfish. But we're getting married to reach our perfection. A single man. Rabbi Yonatan ben Uziel. You heard about Rabbi Yonatan ben Uziel? One of the hugest Tanaim. The hugest Tanaim. It says when he was learning Torah, he was learning Torah, leaning back on a tree, and if there was a bird flying above him, it got burned. He was learning Torah with all the kavanot of the Kabbalah, the real Kabbalah, not Madonna's Kabbalah, the real Kabbalah, that you need to, to, to learn Torah all your life to reach it. And he was learning Torah, and if a bird would pass over his head, she'll become a toast. He will, give, he will have a laish, yeah, yeah. barbecue. Yeah. Suddenly he's like, whoop, barbecue coming down from the heaven. Oh, let's eat something. A bird above his head will become toasted because of the power of Kedusha. And you know what the rabbi was said? And he wasn't married. He reached spiritual levels that we can imagine. He wasn't married. What he reached wasn't even 1% of what he could have reached if he was married. Because he was what is called in the Zohar, Palga Gufa. Half a body and half a soul. He reached miraculously, because a single man it's very hard that he will reach high levels of spirituality. But he did that. And still, he's one of the greatest of Israel, and he didn't reach even 1% of his 
potential, spiritual potential for not being married. Do you understand what we're talking about? A simple guy like us, getting married, doing the right job, can reach amazing, amazing levels. And most importantly, he's actually doing his personal mission in life before everything else. I don't know what your plans in life is. It can be business, it can be growing in Torah, everyone with what he has in mind. But you can't reach success, real success, if you don't have your home with light of Hashem, which is peace. Shalom is the light of Hashem, it's the blessing of Hashem. If Hashem is not with you, you can't have success. If Hashem is not with you, you can't have a good life. And if you don't have this point as the starting point of everything in your life, not only Shalom Bayit, I need to fix Shalom Bayit. I have, I have health problems, I have economy problems, and I have Shalom Bayit. So let's take care of Shalom Bayit, and after we take care of that and that, that's a lie. If you take care of Shalom Bayit, as I told you, you take care of everything. Because that's the base of everything. It's not another thing. Having Shalom Bayit, having these problems. I have a lot of problems. Shalom Bayit, uh, Parnassa, health. No, you don't have five, seven problems. You have only one. If you don't have Shalom Bayit, that's the only problem. If you fix Shalom Bayit, you don't have any problems. So how do I fix Shalom Bayit? Okay. Now we understand first, first fact that that's the most important thing in your life. The married ones to fight and give everything they have on this. Start treating your wife with respect. She is the Shechina. She is a vessel that Hashem gave you that He can transmit His messages, spiritual messages to you. She's like a prophet. Hashem speaks to you through your wife. So you say, no, she's talking nonsense. Maybe she's talking nonsense because you can't read her messages. Don't try to, to hear what she's saying. I had a terrible day because of the kids. Hear the inner message. I'm not happy. I'm not illuminated. Something missing in my life. Who's responsible? She? You. You. If she's not happy and she's blaming the kids or her mother-in-law or her boss because not being happy, if she will receive in the home what she needs to receive, she will be happy with the worst boss in the world and her mother-in-law and with all the worst things in the world. If she has her husband doing the right work, she will, be, she will have powers to do everything. And the first one that will enjoy from it, it's you. That's why it's, it's selfish, but that's what Hashem wants us to do. We're going through a selfish phase, but this selfishness brings us to do so much chesed with others. With the, other, with the other half of our soul. So that's the first thing we need to know before everything else. And that answers what you said, that that's the first mitzvah. To be connected with a woman. So the children are a gift. That's another work. That's a, the next phase. A couple came to me last night with tears in their eyes. They don't have children for already a year of marriage. So first of all I told them that to me it took four years before we received children. No treatments, no nothing. Hashem decided that we need to go through four years with nothing until He gives us children. And nothing changed. We didn't do treatments, nothing. After four years Hashem decided, boom, now you will have children. Why? Because sometimes Hashem decides, Hashem decides that you need to have four years to work on yourself first. Hashem wants you to work on yourself. 
So there's couples that Hashem wants them to receive a child after nine months and work on themselves with a little baby, which sometimes it's harder, but for them it's what they need to go through, so it's perfect for them. And there are other couples that need to wait two years and four years and sometimes nine years to work on themselves and connect correctly so the children that will come will have amazing parents that are united. Because there's nothing worse for a child to see his parents fight. And even if you don't find in front of you the children, they feel this energy. They feel the tension. You're trying to be, hi sweetheart, what's going on? Hi. And she's like, yeah, husband, how are you doing? He feels the tension. You can't cheat the children. So they start to behave weird. And uh, the man, you know, the principal calls you and you say, what's wrong with him? So you shout on him. Look how we, look what we're doing. Everything is upside down. <laughs> you understand? And our wife shouts on us. So instead, to understand, uh, the, the, instead of understanding the message, we shout back at her. Hashem is talking to us. We just looked at things we didn't need to look at. And now she's screaming because of that, but we don't understand because she didn't see us looking at what we didn't have to look. And she's screaming because of that, but you think she's crazy. Or your children are behaving terribly, and you think it's because they're not okay. But it's all because of what we are doing. The first message is that we need to take responsibility and know what is the first, the number one work, spiritual work we have to do. This is marriage. The first, first thing. There was these other two guys sitting in a park and one just got married. So his friend asked him, so how's the married life? How is it? He said, I can't complain. So wow, great. They were sitting there in the park and said, having a mother-in-law, you, you okay with that? I can't complain. Good. And you know, suddenly you don't have, you don't have that, all the privacy in the world, being married and that. Right? I can't complain. So, okay, why you can't complain at time? Because this is my wife sitting next to me, I can't complain. <laughs> but seriously, you can't complain. Because what Hashem is giving you is the best for you. The wife you received is the best for you. And she's touching and pressing all the buttons that make you jump. There's no one in the world that can make you mad at your wife. How is it? Well, you didn't know that before you got married? You chose the worst woman for yourself, really? No, I don't understand. You got married and looked for the worst woman, the one that can push the buttons no one pushed before, and you got married with her? Oh, you're a genius, man. You're a genius, man. No, you didn't. You didn't see that. Because Hashem didn't want you to see that. Because He want you, wanted you to get married and get those buttons pushed to what said here our friend that disappeared, Tikkun Amidot, to be able to fix yourself, to correct yourself. You need this woman with all her craziness, that you think it's craziness, but it's a gift from Hashem. You need that woman for what? To push all these buttons so you will know you have these buttons. You will find out you're a terribly nervous young man. You will find out you're very stingy. You will find out you are very easily upset and angry. That's a gift. Because if you won't find it out about that things, you will come back home after 120 years, unperfected, screwed up, 
just the way you came here. And then what will they do? They say, bye bye, we're sending you back. Back to the diapers, man. Brit Mila, you want another one? Another cut? Have fun, man. No problem. If you don't complete yourself this round, you'll come back. And that's not fun. Diapers are not fun, especially diaper rush. It's really scratchy. Okay? This wife came here to show you the buttons, make you realize you have these problems, and start working on yourself, not on her. Shutting her up. Going to the field, going to a park, coming to the vet knesset, putting a talit on yourself, and crying to Hashem to help you fix yourself, and not scream on her. Because she's here to help you. She's the biggest present you received your entire life. And you, you, you're stepping on her. So you're stepping on Hashem. You're stepping on Hashem. Chas v'shalom. Because that is his daughter. That is a princess with a mission to help you be a perfect man, a perfect spiritual being, and you're spitting on her. And shouting on her. And you're sure she's the one to blame for all your problems. So if you think that, sorry, but you're Mr. Stupid, because you chose her, right? You chose her. You chose the worst shidduch for yourself? No. You didn't see that. Why? Because you didn't, didn't need to see that. Hashem wanted you to marry her and start working. So when you know that, and you focus on that, and you start working on that, life's going to be completely different. You have a different starting point. Now you can succeed. But without this knowledge, no man in the world can succeed. It's all cosmetic. It's all appearance. They're such a beautiful couple and they laugh in the street. They go, <laughs> who knows what they're going through in the house. And even in not, they're all okay. I saw houses with what is called the Cold War. What is the Cold War? There's no cursing. The man is not being slapped at all, which is great. Uh, no dishes flying around. That's wonderful. There's no love there. There's no connection. They hardly see each other. They just come home to the hotel to sleep. The children are becoming wackos, completely out of order, because they don't feel love in the house. And everything's okay. He will ask you, you have a good marriage? We never fight. We never fight because she's a stranger. I don't fight with people going in the street right now because we have nothing to do with one another. So your wife is like a person from the street. You have nothing to do with her. You just sleep in the same hotel, or motel, or whatever. So that's not Shalom Bayit. That's the Cold War. It's a war that is cold, you don't hear bombs. And if there will be any connections, the bombs will start. Oh yeah, that will be the warm bomb. The really warm bomb uh, war, you know? Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. You can only lie to yourself. And your wife knows you so good. You can't believe how your wife knows you from the first day. From the Sheva Bachot she knows you. She's a messenger from Hashem to help you out. Give her the respect she needs. And you have a problem with her, a critics, go to Hashem and ask Him to resolve it, this and fix it between you and Him. If you do your work, she will change automatically. You can read, I tell you, who, who doesn't have this book needs to read it. There's at least two chapters talking about that. At least two chapters. Just, let's see, the second chapter is called No Comments, not, No Critics. Entire chapter of about, let's see, about 40 pages. No <coughs> Critics. 
Why not critics? Yeah, the book in the Garden of Peace. This is in Hebrew, but you have it in, in, in English too. An entire chapter of not criticizing. You need an entire chapter for not criticizing? Just tell you, don't criticize. No, because we understand what is called the sechel, the intellect, the knowledge for why not criticizing. It's part of what we talked about. So you have the power to, to accomplish that. And when he tells you here that your wife needs to be in your eyes the first place, that means that you need to invest all your powers in Shalom Bay. So it explains to you how to do it and why you should do it. It's partly what we talked here. But if you don't have this understanding, it's a lost case. Lost case. So let's start a new beginning now. A new page in our lives. Okay, what happened? Happened. Masha, yeah, yeah. We're starting anew. We didn't know what we are getting married for. We thought it was going to be fun. Everybody gets married. It's not nice to be single or divorced. But now we know why we got married. And the ones that are going to get married know why they should get married. And they know what they will have to work on when they get married. So we start a new beginning now. We ask Hashem that He will help us to never forget. We say, Shiviti Hashem Lenegditamid. We put Hashem's name in front of us always. Let's put the will of Hashem in front of our eyes always. Hashem's will is that we will have Shalom Bayit. And that's why you won't believe it. There is in the Talmud, in the Gemara, some of you know it, that Hashem is willing to erase His own name, you know, Hashem's oh, yeah. name, Yod Kevavke, this holy name here, is a name you need to write in Kedusha. A sofer stam need to write it after mikveh and with kavanot. This is Hashem's name with four letters. And it's forbidden to erase this name. I can't throw this now to the garbage. This is Hesk Dushan. I need to put it in Giza. They need to bury it in the ground. This is a holy name. It can't go to the garbage. It can't be burned. It can't be erased. So we need to put it in two plastic bags and put it under the ground. Like someone that, you know, like... Uh, uh, burying somebody, yeah. Like burying someone because this is a Kedusha. Usually they bury it with people. What? They bury it with people. Exactly. So, so this is the same. So now, I won't get into it, just so we have the final message before we conclude. Hashem, there are certain situations, there's a problem <laughs> between man and wife in the time of the Holy Temple, that Hashem was willing to have His name erased, which He Himself wrote in His Torah that is not allowed, to have peace between husband and wife. Hashem is willing to have his name erased so there will be peace between husband and wife. It's a case where the husband thinks the wife cheated on him and there's a way to write the holy <coughs> name and if you put it in the water and the name gets erased No, it's called Sota then you can know if something happened or not. So the name of Hashem is getting erased and Hashem is willing to do that so there can be peace between these two couples to find out that there wasn't any cheating there, and that's in the time of the temple, not today. But we see that this is the more impo most important thing for Hashem. So if you say, Shiviti Hashem Lenegditamid, so put Shiviti Shalom Bayit Lenegditamid. That's the will of Hashem, for me to get married and respect my wife as a queen. Rabbi Lazar will talk to us soon about respecting our wife, what does it mean, how do you do it? And knowing she is a present of Hashem, she's a princess, she's the daughter of Hashem. She came to this world with all the suffering she needs to bury from us, she needs to carry from us, and later for chi from children, having birth, carrying the child, all of that suffering for us. And we treat her like, I don't know what. 
So from now, we take the decision, we do tshuva, we realize we were mistaken, we were wrong, we didn't understand what is marriage, we didn't understand what we came to this world for, we thought we came to do business, or even we think we came to learn Torah, be great tzaddikim, we can't do anything without having peace in the home. Seeing a happy wife, we can't have anything in life. So don't come ask me about health problems and economic problems and this and that, because if you don't let Shalom bite, I will throw you back there. Until <coughs> you finish fixing that, then we can talk. So may Hashem help us. Remember Yaakov Avinu, he started the way of Kedusha and there was an attack. Don't get scared. The Yetzirah doesn't want you to have Shalom bite, but you know that's your life mission. To get married and to have peace in the home and to be a complete perfected man. Now that you know it, go forward with all the powers and be the man you need to be. Bring pride to Father in Heaven. Smile and make your wife happy. And may we hear good news from you always. Amen. And all the best in the world. Amen. Amen.